It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris, and we are deep into the month of January. At least a couple weeks. Deep. Well, it's January 9th. It is. That's deep for me. Uh, you know, okay. I, I deep, feel Chris. like I feel like the first and the second is just like a little toe touch into the month mm-hmm. of January. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure you quite want to do it. Yeah, um, <laughs> is and, there a choice? And and you know you might hibernate straight until June. You would need a lot of cookies. Well, luckily today we have a cookie that is nourishing and is made from an ingredient that was originally designed to purify your body. And it has, have you ever watched the movie Rocky? I mean, like a super long time ago. What's he famous for eating? Raw eggs? Yeah, it's it's got the raw eggs in it. So I'm going to present this to you, Jill, as an athletic training cookie okay so listeners you can't see the cookie or maybe you can because you look at our social media but here in the in the laboratory i'm looking at something that doesn't look healthy in any way (laughs) it looks like a fantastic treat that you would order for a dessert in a restaurant well i didn't say square with a thick layer of a creamy topping yes whipped cream tell us more so it is called the winter white cookie it is no-bake and freezer-friendly, and it comes from rockrecipes.com. Like Rocky, R-O-C-K, but yeah. rock, not Rocky? Exactly. Rockrecipes.com. Yep, and it's the winter white cookie, uh, no-bake and f- freezer-friendly. And I originally chose this cookie uh, not for its abilities to enhance your training regimen, but because it is made of a whole heck of a lot of graham crackers. Oh yeah, graham crackers are kind of a kind of a thing on, in and of themselves. They are. There's a fantastic history of graham crackers and that's why I chose it because I think we've done things with graham crackers before but we've never talked about the history of the graham cracker which is long and hysterical. Oh. Well, let's let's have it. Okay. So They were invented in the early 1800s by a New Jersey Presbyterian minister. The Reverend, the Reverend Billy Graham. (laughs) No? Who was not around in the 1800s, I don't think. No, it was the minister Sylvester Graham. Like Sylvester Stallone from Rocky. It's all tied in there, isn't it? What? Okay, go on. (laughs) Um, He introduced this snack item as part of his then radical, and I should have used the word radical instead of hysterical, but... uh, We can go back and redo that if you want. No, that's okay. Uh, His radical vegetarian diet, which avoided white flour and spices. And so the graham cracker was originally a mild... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry. It's too much. It's vegetarian without spices? Yeah. Spices are... The spice of life. From plants. I don't don't understand. Well, okay. So 
The treat was originally an unsweetened biscuit made of unbleached flour with bran and wheat germ added. Mm-hmm. So healthy, right? Mm-hmm. He was adamantly opposed to factory-produced white bread at the time. I mean, he's probably right, right? Yeah, like- which was kind of gross because, like, there was no FDA at the time who was going to tell you you can't put clay into your white oh, bread. my word. Yeah. So clay is probably better for you than what they were actually putting in the white bread. I don't know what they were doing, but I'm 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 with the reverend so far. Mm-hmm. So he concluded through a combination of pseudoscience and his faith that a vegetarian diet consisting of fruits, vegetables, limited dairy, and bland starches would result in an end to lustful behavior. <laughs> Think au contraire. Therein lies the hysteria. He's gonna. I think he's gonna find he needs a little something, something after that diet. <laughs> Talk about the spice of life. Okay, go on. He preached that his diet, later called the Graham diet, would help those who followed it abstain from sexual activity and, in particular, from self-love, which Graham argued led to insanity. And blindness. Excuse me. I did have a mouthful of tea. And it almost came out my nose. Alrighty. Yeah, so it was a bit hysterical. By the way, he died at 57. Oh. So it was... Not a great endorsement of the diet. He may have been pure of thought and lust, but uh, it didn't extend his life at all. However... There were if you're going to have a life without spices and love, right? You know, you you'd want it to be short. Is is this <laughs> disrespectful? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think anybody's disrespecting uh this because uh, it ultimately leads into the eugenics movement and all kinds oh, okay, of terrible okay. things. Well, to make sure And it and it gave us graham crackers, which but is it, only a It did give a us a wonderful product yeah Yeah, item it did give us graham crackers so there is some redeeming uh, practice to make the vegetarian diet accessible to life on the american frontier the followers of graham created graham flour uh, a coarser type of grain whole grain flour Uh, and the recipe for graham crackers soon emerged as one of the most common uses for graham flour Um, i'm so sad for the pioneers like they were they were only allowed to eat fruits and vegetables but there are no fruits and vegetables on the on the on the prairie right so, in the 1800s so, like so they could eat graham crackers story yeah yeah i like um, graham crackers but i don't want to live on them like subsist on them well they were compact they were easy to make and they were readily available for long journeys out into the wilderness but the graham movement soon waned after his death in 1851 But one man in particular who you know stayed true to the Graham's bland food and abstinence edicts. That man was Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, superintendent of the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Michigan. And he insisted that patients abide by a similar diet. And that's where Kellogg's cereal is from, yep. from, from Battle Creek, Michigan. He and his brother, Keith Kellogg, the sanitarium's bookkeeper, accidentally left cooked wheat out, letting it go stale. 
Mm. And but they, being frugal guys, decided to try to use it. And instead of softening, the wheat came out hard and in flake and kind of flaky. And Dr. Kellogg served the flakes to the sanatorium patients, and they were generally well received. Uh, and so, are you telling me that Kellogg's cornflakes are actually made of wheat? <laughs> yeah. Are Kel- they wheat flakes? Kellogg's cornflakes were originally made of wheat, wheat, and uh, and the Kellogg, uh, and it was um, Keith Kellogg who uh, made them and sold them uh, as Kellogg's cornflakes, and then. In 1898, the National Biscuit Company started making graham crackers, which were also being served at the sanatorium in Battle Creek, Michigan. All right, you're going to have to unravel that for me off air because I don't understand how the cornflakes became graham crackers (laughs) and how cornflakes are made of wheat. I don't know. And what the National Biscuit Company has to do with the Kellogg Cereal Company. The cereal originally was made of wheat. Oh. And it was called Kellogg's Flakes. Flakes, just flakes. Yeah. And now it's made with corn meal and some barley, which uh, makes it not necessarily gluten-free for some people. And like, I'm imagining you've made me a cookie that contains graham crackers and corn flakes. No, there's nothing in this cookie made of corn flakes. But my mouth is watering. When can we eat the cookie? Oh, we can eat the cookie now. How's that? Are you ready? Yeah. Do you have advice about eating this cookie? It's tall. It's got a layer of graham crackers on the bottom. It's got in the center a mixture of butter and sugar and eggs and marshmallows. And it looks then amazing. that is all frozen. And then that on top of that is added some whipped cream, sweetened whipped cream. I love this cookie. And you're telling me it's healthy? Well, so, if we go along... (laughs) It is nice. The graham cracker on the bottom. It's like pie, you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like a, uh, a pecan pie filling. So the graham cracker on the bottom adds a little bit of solid and a little bit of crunch oh and the mixture in the middle also has graham cracker crumbs in it oh yeah yeah so why do i say it's a training food well it's got the graham cracker which we all know will help you be a pure person so if you're training to be pure yeah it's got the egg eggs in it the raw eggs which technically the butter and sugar are melted it's over 160 degrees Fahrenheit, so it will kill any of the salmonella that might be in the eggs. Okay. So technically, they're a little bit cooked, but that we haven't solidified the proteins in them at all. Yeah, because it's really, it's just like a like a pie filling. It's not. Yeah. So like it's a got cookie. that rocky three raw eggs in it for mm. for your energy, and then topped with uh, some nice protein from the whipped cream. So I'm going to, just as Reverend Graham promoted his treat as helping to be pure of thought, I am am going to market this as a 
a training treat. I see what you did there. So we're just making stuff up. Yeah. Just Just like Reverend Graham. Let me tell you, I don't know about training, but it is delicious. Thank you. It is something that came from the freezer. So Chris dropped off his treat for me at my home and said, you got to put it in the freezer. I took it out of the freezer just in time for podcasting. It does not taste frozen. It is not unpleasantly hard. So you would serve this at your home. You would remove it right from the freezer and serve it. Yeah. I was worried that it was going to be a rock when I removed it. It is not. It's not. It is not. No. I had said to you earlier, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get these cookies out of the pan. I'm worried about this. I'd actually thought about it for a couple days. So I originally took them out. I let them sit for about 45 minutes. On the on the pan in the pan on on the kitchen island and they came out and they were and i could cut them easily then i put them back in the freezer and and they they froze i waited until we were going to do the podcast i made the whipped cream and then that had to sit and and you know just settle for a little while in the freezer as well and then i went and tried to cut the rest of the bar cookies and they were easy it was easy to to do so so you don't have to let them sit out you don't necessarily need parchment paper although maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea no i was thinking that i should have put parchment paper in the pan but the recipe didn't call for it and it seems to come out nice and easily i used a uh, plastic knife because our pan is new so well i definitely would would make and serve this for sure good good i'm glad and i might even want to experiment with it which is not typical of me and put, like, more things in it. Although they might not do well in the freezer, the things that I'm thinking of, like nuts and gum. Are you on board with me? Are we Are we going to start the new chain of Cookie Lab training treats? Health treats. For our, our rowing athletes. Unfortunately, and- unlike in the time of Reverend Graham, I think that we are living in a litigious society. And if we go forth with such a claim... We will be sued for all the lab is worth. Oh, wow. Well, we don't want that. So maybe we should just move on to the science. There's science, too. You know, one of the ingredients. Oh, I should say, before we get into science, that on our Facebook group, you'll see not only the recipe for the winter white cookies, but also the recipe for graham crackers because... I made gluten-free graham crackers. Right, right, right. That would be a that would be an important step. To and include. you would never know that they're gluten-free in here. It has that graham cra- nice graham cracker taste, uh, without the whole wheat, and it just uses uh, regular gluten-free flour and spices. So on to science. You know what science. we've never talked about is the science of marshmallows. <laughs> That's true. And this has mini marshmallows in it, so I thought that it was an opportune time to delve into the science of a marshmallow it is certainly scientific it's not something you know organic but it's got a lot of things that we have talked about before you're right they they no longer collect marshmallows from the marsh plant the mallow plant which (laughs) that was the prime ingredient the, the mallow plant? Yeah. Yeah. 
In another okay. time. Is it April Fool's Day? <laughs> what? This is the craziest episode of Cookie Lab. In the 1800s, once again, marshmallows were made by mixing mallow root sap, egg whites, and sugar into a fluffy mold. And then... Ah, just can't believe this knowledge. I had no idea I used marshmallows not infrequently. Yeah. And the plant was called the marshmallow. But... Now they're no longer made of marshmallow sap. Today, marshmallows are made of uh, sugar and gelatin, basically. I I couldn't be more surprised. Here I am making fun of Reverend Graham. If you could have, if marshmallows counts as a vegetarian diet, game changer. Yeah, there you go. Right. So also in our training propaganda we will promote the marshmallow as a plant-based <laughs> food um it's, it's not untrue it's made of uh it's made of gelatin and sugar and water and they're whipped until spongy and then formed into a small cube so as we know from the past gelatin uh, is made up of a lot of collagen mm-hmm. right when it comes in contact with the water hydrolysis occurs and it forms a bigger structure that you love called a colloid. But also, um, I'm supposed to be ingesting more collagen for the beauty of my middle-aged lady's skin. Yes. And so this, this is a health product not just for people who are training, but for people who want to be more beautiful. Yes. Yes, exactly. This is like... The exactly like the ancient Egyptians who were the first to produce and eat the marshmallows. Are you serious? Yeah. Ancient Egyptians knew about marshmallows? That's right. So we have this big colloid, this big fluffy spongy colloid that is just... Well, I'm not surprised because you said it has gelatin and jello is a colloid. Right, exactly. And then sometimes there's a little bit of extra cornstarch fluffed on the outside of it. Okay. To not stick together. Yeah, easier to handle probably, right? Yeah. The bag of mini marshmallows would be like one clump if it didn't have like a tiny bit of cornstarch. I'm guessing. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty much it. Corn syrup, sugar, water, and gelatin, and you've got yourself a marshmallow. And I'm surprised you didn't refer to corn syrup as the corn syrup we know and love. Uh, The corn syrup that we know and love, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Not high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, just a little bit of simple science for today. For your day, people. And a little bit of history and a little bit of plants. And um, try these. And a lot of deliciousness. Try them before your workouts, after your workouts. Tell us how how your force curves and your uh, training. Your deadlift cleans. Yeah, how, how that increases. Then join us next week on Cookie Lab for another spectacular, mind-blowing treat. <laughs> uh oh, that's a lot to live up to. I hope I can do it. And by the way, you know what you're going to have to say to your athlete friends who see you eating this delicious training treat. You're going to have to say, keep your paws off my training treats. <laughs> exactly. We'll see you next week, Jill. Bye, Chris. 
It's Cookie Lab.